Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A show where a nerd fits in. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Toys, movies, comics, and so much more. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And the more that you listen, the more that you know. The Riley and Kimmy Show. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to episode 900 of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Right next to me is... Kimmy! I got one name! Kimmy! And she's uh, ready to go. And and thank you for joining us here, Kimmy. Uh, And uh, Artemis! Artemis! Wait a minute, I gotta knock on the glass. Hello? Oh, there, there, yeah! Hi! He was sleeping. Ah, okay. Yeah, Artemis I I Steel. I am here. Yes, Artemis I Steel, our our, uh, studio engineer, board operator... Producer? No, he doesn't have that title. I, I'm here. Do you need to take a picture to prove it? You are here. Thank you for being here. We just had to get him to flip the switch. Okay. He's our cosplaying puppet uh, artist. Would and you like some water? Would I like some water? Well, thank you, Kimmy. Thank you for bringing water into the studio. I deeply appreciate sure. that. Sure. Thank you. One of the things I want to talk about before we get to uh, the nerd part of this show, of the Riley and Kimmy show, is... Well, first of all, I'm, I want to stress that this is the first time you ever listen to the Riley and Kimmy show... We offer pop culture escapism all the time, often imitated but never duplicated. The Riley and Kimmy Show has daily shows, you heard right, every single day. And one of the things we are really stressing, especially because of what has happened recently, is we can be your outlet when you want to just get away for a little bit. We offer safe programming for the entire family, something for all ages. And yes, it leans on the humorous side or the fun and good-natured side. We know there are some things that have happened in the Orlando area where this show is originating from. We're not ignoring that, but we will state that we are not trying to compete with outstanding news outlets that are providing information. If you'd like to check out what is going on, get more information, possibly places where you can assist, one of the most In my opinion, I'm deeply impressed with what they have done, especially in the last 24 hours and listening to them. And that is News Talk 96.5 WDBO's coverage. They're doing wall-to-wall coverage in Orlando. They're offering assistance, information, taking phone calls, and doing a fantastic job. One of the things I must stress with this is they have actually suspended syndicated programming that you would normally hear there, national talk show hosts and things like that. They've done away with that, and they've opened up their their microphones, their airwaves, to help the public. And that's what a radio station is all about, is being part of the community and offering help when times are bad. Not just good times to talk about, when times are bad, to assist the community. It's called, it's called community service, public service, and there is no better example, in my opinion, 
than what 96.5 WDBO Cox Media is doing right now. And hats off and congratulations to the operations manager. That is Joe Kelly, the morning personality, who is uh, the captain of that ship and doing a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. We have a link to WDBO right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. So if you're looking for more information, want to listen online, there's a stream right there for that. Check out their website for areas to donate and more information. That's WDBO.com. I believe I think they also have 1025WDBO.com. But the link we have definitely right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Now, Kimmy, you you were going to ask me something before uh, we started this episode. You asked me if I had something. You said, do you have, I, I didn't even hear your question. Your question you asked if I had a certain type of music. Hmm, well, do you have any, like, church music, you know, like organ music? Like like this? Well, it wasn't a- exactly what I was thinking of. Well, Kimmy, it is an organ. But you know what? Maybe it works with this. Yeah, I mean, it's organ music. Why did you want organ music, Kimmy? Well, to announce and congratulate. You're going to announce something? Is this a positive? An engagement. An engagement? You mean two people getting married? Yes. Uh-oh, Kimmy, do I know these two? Oh, yes. All right, Kimmy. Who? Who is getting married? Mr. Todd Fisher. The general. General Todd. And Miss. Anna Young. Anna. Anna and Todd. Uh-huh. They're they're getting married. Yes. And this was announced before we sat down for episode 900? Mm-hmm. Wow. Congratulations. Now, for those who do not know, Todd and Anna are the owners of Gods and Monsters in Orlando, Florida, out at the Artagon Marketplace. So when you head out to, I'm encouraging you to, when you head out to the Artagon Mall, swing by Gods and Monsters and congratulate Todd and Anna. Mm-hmm. Now, when is the, the big... Uh... Oh, I didn't see that. I just saw the announcement. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I I will make sure we get a nice gift to Todd and Anna. All right. Yeah, we'll have Artemis Ice Steel maybe do a, a portrait for him. Oh, my. Okay. Well, you know, I owe Todd. I owe Todd a lot for inviting me out to Gods and Monsters and sending me out to the parking lot mm-hmm. with my own table. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. So mm-hmm. that's the least I can do for you. You are my brother from another mother, is to have Artemis Ice Steel, our cosplaying puppet, mm-hmm. sketch for you. Or actually, do a painting. Did you notice he kept us away from his dad that day? Yes, he did. And I, I think We that never did meet his dad. He did it on purpose. Hmm. You know, uh, Afraid we were going to get more stories like we did from his uncle. Yes, a year before, his uncle spent some time with us and told us all kinds of things about Todd. And, you know... His father was there, but he didn't allow us to, mm. to talk to him. He kept us away. Mm-hmm. He he just tried to get us back out to the parking lot as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where he wanted us set up. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, pal. You know, I'm never going to let him forget this. I know you know. I am never going he to. He knows that, too. Hey, hey, we are friends, correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we really are. Yeah. So, anyway, congratulations, Anna, and congratulations, Todd. You crazy kids. Uh, yeah, some great news. We needed some of that for... Episode 900. Kimmy, how how are you doing for uh, for trivia? I'm up for it. Okay, a little bit different type of trivia. By the way, for those who, uh, who have never listened before, we, we do nerd pop culture trivia. Not every single episode. Our episodes are different all, all the time. I have sometimes, I have no idea. They are different. <laughs> they are. I sometimes have no idea what we're going to do before, <laughs> before we actually turn the microphone on. You too? Uh, me too. What do you mean, me too? 
Well, of course, I never know what. We're well, doing. that's right because we don't, uh, you know, we don't uh, script it out at all, right. do we? So here we go, flying without the net is Kimmy. Now, Kimmy, I'm going to ask you some questions about some cartoons. I have three classic cartoons here, three clues for you. I need you to identify the character of the cartoon and tell me the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Now, there's a reason I'm asking you about these three. Okay. And we will tie that into something quite special. So, Kimmy, I'm guarantee- I'm guaranteeing something. I guarantee it. You grew up with these cartoons. You know these cartoons. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Here's clue number one. Tell me the character and the cartoon. Jet Screamer has a contest. If your song wins, you get to go out with him on a real date. I can't lose, Dad. Oh, imagine! Skyrocker in person! I can't wait to meet him! You're looking awfully handsome today, Henry. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, Kimmy. Can you identify that very unique voice to what character and what cartoon? That sounded like little Judy Jetson. From what cartoon? The Jetsons. Kimmy, I think you were right. Yes, you were. Now, you know, I like the ending better, actually. You know, when uh, George is uh, taking somebody out. Mm. And do, who is that person he's taking out? Um, Rastro. <laughs> That's right. Uh, for the the walk that goes wrong mm-hmm. a little bit. I, I just love that ending. All right, Kimmy, you did you did you did very good there. It was Judy from the Jetsons. Here's your next clue. Identify the character, the mystery cartoon character, and the cartoon. They appeared in. Here is your clue. Wait, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Here is your clue. Help! Help! All right, Kimmy, tell me who that <laughs> is. Tell me. You know that's one of my favorites. And tell me who it is. That would be Penelope Pitstop. And is that the name of the cartoon? Um, no. Uh, I think it's something in the wacky race. All right, we'll or, accept it. We'll accept know. that. I, I don't know. There you go, Kibby. I'll, I'll accept that. Here we go. Seven rollicking rescuers, the Antil Mob, their courageous guard, Chugaboom, and that villain of villains, the Hooded Claw. <laughs> Penelope. 
party pit stop, heiress to a vast fortune, is in perpetual peril from her fortune-seeking guardian, Sylvester Sneakley, who, unknown to her, is really the hooded claw. <laughs> but foiling this fiend's foul plots are Penelope's ever-present protectors, the Antil Mob. I'll get you, Penelope Pitstop. <laughs> yes, that's right. Now, Kimmy, who was the hooded claw? Paul Lynn. That's right. Paul Lynn was the voice of the the hooded claw. And that was one of your favorite cartoons of all time. Hey-o. Right? Hey-o. You love the... <laughs> Hey-o. I'm surprised you have not cosplayed. I as know. Penel- I want to. I, I will cosplay as the hooded claw. Yeah. And you could be Penelope. What do you say? I don't know. You won't do that? I know of some upcoming events we're going to that we could possibly do that at. Mm. You won't You won't commit to that I'll one. I'll consider it. You'll just consider it. That means no. I think you need to be pinned down and actually do that. All right, Kimmy, one more cartoon for you. You identify. Now, I think this one's going to be harder. All right? This one's going to be harder for you, but it's one you're very well, I mean, well aware of. Right on the level of Penelope, okay? Mm-hmm. Here's your clue. Identify the character and the cartoon they start in. Wow-wee! How about us getting to do a gig aboard a mysterious millionaire's yacht? Wow! I wonder who that brave old man is. <laughs> Kimmy, can you tell me? Josie and the Pussycats. Yes, Kimmy was correct. I don't know how you got that on that limited clue there. I really, I, I question if you'd be able to do that. I thought well, it'd be a you lot said harder. this was another one of my favorites. So, oh, is that how it? How was mm, yeah. Done? And that was one of your top favorites, right? Uh-huh. There, right. What do all three of these have in common? There's something that ties all three of them together. Hanna Barbera. Mm, something uh, else ties them all together. What ties all three of these together? The Jetsons, Penelope Pitstop, and Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, other than being Saturday morning cartoons? There's I something else, Kimmy. Don't know. All of those characters I asked you about were voiced by the same person. Really? Yes, they were all voiced by Janet Waldo. All wow. of them. And she did so many others. I just chose those because, well, I knew Kimmy would know them quite, quite well. Uh-huh. Now... Unfortunately, Janet Waldo has passed away. She passed away at the age of 96 years old. Wow. Known for the voices of Judy Jetson, Penelope Pitstop, and Josie of the Pussycats. Now, she got her start in acting in 1938 with small roles in several films. She was a leading lady in some westerns featuring Tim Holt at RKO Studios, being loaned out from her home studio of Paramount. In the early 1940s, Janet's distinctive voice got her, well, radio work. A lot of radio work. 
She appeared in regular roles such as One Man's Family, The Gallant Heart, Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, and many others, including one in which she did star in called Meet Corliss Archer, and it ran for a long period of time. Janet also worked extensively on television. She reprised her role from Ozzie and Harriet on the TV show. She was also on I Love Lucy in a standout episode. She also uh, started going into cartoons with the Jetsons in 1962 and continued to do voice work with animation while appearing in front of the camera at the same time. She appeared while doing the Jetsons and other cartoons. She appeared on the Andy Griffith show, Get Smart, Petticoat Junction, and then by the 1970s went all into animation and continued to work in animation till the 1990s and did also work on King of the Hill, also uh, other animated pieces too in a later time period. She will be deeply missed if you love those cartoons and especially if you love voiceover work. Now one of the things which when we just mentioned about her beginnings that I want to stress, if you love cartoons, a lot of the classic cartoon voices got their start in the golden age of radio or perfected their vocal craft in radio. Mel Blanc started in radio and, you know, we know what happened there. Also, Dawes Butler is another one that comes to mind. Radio. Stan Freeberg, he was an exception, started at 17 years of age working with Mel Blanc, but he went into radio and even perfected and honed his craft even more. Uh, it's very interesting. There's a, I think I have a link on our website, RileyandKimmy.com, where Dawes Butler talks about, unfortunately, the, the craft, the learning the skills for the microphone were, are lost at the time period he's recording this uh, video, that he does this video. It's like 1985, 86, and he's already talking about how it's fading away. But they had an advantage, especially with Hanna-Barbera cartoons, because Hanna-Barbera Hanna -Barbera didn't do full animation. They, they, they did a, a different process compared to like the Warner Brothers cartoons, or actually the Disney cartoons. And they relied on sound, sound effects, and also voice execution to fill that void there, to, to pad it and also to make it its own unique special creature, its own special entertainment. And... The people who were perfect for that role were those who had worked in the golden age of radio because they worked in the theater of the mind. So we're going to go back in time a little bit right now here on the Riley and Kimmy show, and we're going to honor the passing of Janet Waldo. I could have chosen so many different shows, probably a hundred or more radio programs she appeared on, guest, you know, was guest on. But this is the one I decided to focus on because you will hear <laughs> you will hear Judy Jetson a long time before Judy Jetson appeared on cartoons. You'll hear you, you're just going to hear you expect her to say, you know, one of the Jetson characters or something. She was a star of this program. It was called Meet Corliss Archer. We have three episodes. I decided because of the voiceover stuff, it's so cool to hear three episodes. The first one is going back to 1946, yes, 1946, 16 years before she ever does, Judy Jetson. And she plays a teenage girl by the name of Corliss Archer. That first episode's called Ideal Babysitters. Then we go to April 6, 1947, with Sweetheart of the Year contest. And then followed with Corliss Decides Dexter's Future is in Law. Now, that this one's interesting because it's really a latter time period. It's just six years before she does 
Judy Jetson. Tells you how long this program was on, by the way. This Corliss program was Corliss Archer. That last one is from September 16, 1956. Going back in time, remembering Janet Waldo. Here's the first episode that we're, we're highlighting. Here's Corliss Archer from August 11, 1946. Mmm, good. Mmm, good. That's what Campbell's soups are. Mmm, good. Campbell soups invite you to meet Corliss Archer, starring Janet Waldo. Charbet. Hello, Corliss. You seem on top of the world. Oh, I am, Mr. Charbet, on account of those perfectly divine clothes. Clothes? Mm-hmm. What clothes? My back-to-school wardrobe, of course. Oh. Mom took me shopping yesterday, and we got the most precious things. There was one little green dress with cap sleeves and all studded with gold nail heads, and a luscious corduroy suit, and a new raspberry sweater, and, of course, the best thing of all was the soup. Oh, uh, yeah, a uh, soup. Mm-hmm. Well, what on earth is soup doing in the middle of your wardrobe? Oh, Mr. Sharbert, you're so diverting, honestly. It wasn't in the middle of my wardrobe. It was afterwards. After we'd been shopping, I mean. Oh, I see. It was Louise's day out, and Mom had to get Daddy's dinner, and she wanted it to be something he specially likes. And that A means... Oh, there, Corliss. Let me guess. Campbell's chicken noodle soup, hmm? Mr. Sharbert, you are positively psychic. Yes, Campbell's chicken noodle soup. That soup is so good, it makes a main dish that's simply terrific and ready in a jiff. I... Oh, my goodness, that's poetry. Well, not only that, Corliss, it's true. There's no main dish that's more tempting or quicker to fix than Campbell's chicken noodle soup. You're so right, Mr. Charbot. Bye now. This morning, on her way to breakfast, Corliss stops by in the kitchen for a few words with Louise. About time you showed up, young lady. You're late again. Father and mother are halfway through their breakfast. Oh, Daddy won't mind, Louise. I mean, look at the beautiful flower I picked for his lapel. Mm-hmm. Oh, golly, Louise, those hot cakes smell absolutely divine. Uh-huh. Louise, darling, whenever I have to face a crisis, I've always been able to turn to you, haven't I? Listen, young lady, I diapered you, and that tone of voice always means you want to borrow money. But I always pay it back. You're not going to pay it back this time. Why do you say that, Louise? Because I'm not going to lend you any, that's why. But, Louise... Listen, Corliss, both your mother and father told me not to... Quiet. I don't want them to hear. I'll bet you don't. But, Louise, you don't understand. It's for their anniversary present. I I saw something at Benson's that's absolutely out of this world that I want to get them. Only I I don't have... Corliss! All right, Angel, I'm coming. Hello, Mom. Good morning, Daddy. Look at the simply gorgeous flower I picked for you, Daddy. Mm. Now, Corliss, you're late again. Sit down and eat your breakfast. Okay, Mom, but first let me fix it in Daddy's buttonhole. There. Doesn't he look sensational? I mean, golly, I think men with buttonholes look so prosperous. Don't you, Daddy? My child, so far as you are concerned, prosperity is still around the corner. That's what you're driving at. Oh, Daddy, you're terrible. Just because I see how nice you look, is that any reason to think I'm hinting for money? Well, it often has been in the past. Well, don't worry, Daddy. As a matter of fact, I do need money in the worst way, but I'm not going to borrow it. I'm going to earn it. Oh, splendid. Daddy, may I have the classified section of the paper, please? Sure. Help yourself. I'm going to look right now under help wanted, and I'm going to work practically immediately. You better eat your breakfast first, dear. Daddy, listen. Would you let me...
me take this job? Oh, golly, this sounds terrific. What is it? Wanted. Young girl with beautiful feet to demonstrate toenail polish in department store window. <laughs> Excellent pay. Apply Benson's cosmetic department. Too bad, Corliss. Now, if only you had beautiful feet, there'd be a job with a future. But, Daddy, you said yourself my feet were just like Mom's. And you know that she's got the most beautiful feet in the world. <laughs> she's got you there, Harry. Oh, no, she hasn't. You do have beautiful feet, Janet. And if you wish to apply for the job, I'll raise no objections. <clears throat> Corliss is too young. But, Daddy... Darling, don't be silly. We wouldn't dream of letting you sit in the window of Benson's demonstrating toenail polish. But, Mom, why not? I could wear a black mask or something, and then I bet crowds would gather and wonder who I was. Yes, and Dexter would be in that crowd saying, Holy cow, look at Corliss's feet. <laughs> None of us would ever be able to hold our heads up again. Oh, well, I'll look for other jobs. Oh, golly, Daddy, how about this one? Wanted immediately. Attractive car hops. Good salary and excellent tips. Oh, Daddy, would you let me be a car hop? In a word, no. Corliss, dear, we've been through all this. You are not going to take a job. You've got a great deal of homework to do during vacation to make up for your poor grades, so just forget all about it. But, Mom, you don't realize it is absolutely imperative that I should get a good, steady-paying job. You mean imperative. And how, Daddy? Corliss! Oh, Corliss! <laughs> what is it, Dexter? Everybody. Hello, Dexter. Good morning, Hello, Dexter. Dexter. Gee whiz, would you take a long time to eat? Holy cow. Corliss, do you still crave a steady, well-paying job? Well, of course, Daddy. Are you going to let her go to work, Mr. Archer? Oh, shut up, Dexter. Uh, what did you have in mind, Daddy? Would you like to earn $50, Corliss? <gasps> Golly. 50 bucks. Holy cow. Shut up, Dexter. Uh, what would I have to do, Daddy. I will pay you the sum of $50, Corliss, if you can wean Dexter permanently from his favorite deity, that eternal holy cow. <laughs> huh? And I'll add a bonus of $25 if you'll expurgate the huhs. Holy cow, what's wrong with huh? Huh? <laughs> Dexter, how absolutely vital it is for me to have at least seven fifty. Well, it's no use looking at me. I'm so broke, it's brutal. Oh, look, Dexter, look at that baby in the playpen across the street where the new people moved in yesterday. Oh, isn't that the most heavenly baby? Let's go and play with it. You're crazy. I wouldn't be seen dead playing with a baby. Dexter Franklin, I certainly hope you change your mind before you have a baby of your own. I'm going over to play with it. Okay. Let me know when you're through. Oh. Hello, honey. What's your name, huh? Oh, aren't you just too cute for words? Goosey, goosey, goosey. Whose precious little lamb are you? Oh, you're... You're so sweet. You're trying so hard to talk to me, aren't you? Oh, and I'll bet this is your mummy coming. Uh, good morning. I, I hope you don't mind my playing with your baby. What's her name? 
It's a good thing Conrad isn't old enough to understand what you're saying, or he'd be furious, wouldn't you, Conrad? Darling! Oh, how silly of me. I should have known by the shape of his head that he was all boy. Oh, he's beautiful. I just adore children. You live here in the neighborhood? Oh, yes. Oh, I I'm just... so glad. You know, we just moved in. I haven't a thing settled yet, and we don't know a soul in this part of town. Of course, eventually, I intend to get someone in to help me with little Conrad, but you know what that problem is today. Oh, yes. It's I've... so hard to find just the right person, even for a sitter. Of course, I wouldn't trust Conrad with just anyone. I'd have to be sure that it was someone who really loved children, like yourself, for instance. Anyone can see that you... Oh, why, thank you, Mrs. Uh, Barnett. But, oh, yes, of course, Mrs. Barnett. We heard you were moving in. Now, now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not the kind of a mother who's always running out. Uh, but I'm just about at my wit's end about tonight. Tonight? Oh, yes. Could you stay with the baby tonight? You see, Why, it's I, my sister's I, birthday, I, I, and she'd I... never forgive my husband and me if we didn't come. Oh. I was just going to call her and tell her that I don't know how we could make it, but I watched you with Conrad, and right away I knew you were just the kind of a girl I wanted for a sitter. Oh, golly, that's awfully nice of you, Mrs. Barnett. Tonight? Yes. Now, I understand it's customary to pay 50 cents an hour. Is that all right with you? Oh, that's just fine. I'd be glad to sit with him any night, all night long. Oh, that won't be necessary. We won't be out very late tonight. Are you sure it's all right with your parents? My parents? Oh, sure. They never object to anything I do. Harry, how about some more pie? No, thanks, Janet. It's nearly 7.30, and if we're going to play bridge with the Ameses, let's shove off. All right, dear, but Corliss hasn't finished her dessert yet. Why the rush? Oh, it's okay, Mom. Dex, you'll keep me company, won't you, Dex? Well, do I. The sooner we get started, Janet, the earlier we can break up. Well, now, Harry, we can't rush away too early. Oh, yes, we can. I have to be up at the crack of dawn, and I want to be in bed not later than 11. Come on, Janet. The car's in the driveway. Good night, baby. Good night. Good night, Dexter. Good night, Mr. Archer. And Carlos, don't forget you're not to go to the movies tonight. You'll go to bed early. Okay, Mom. Good night, darling. Good night, Dexter. Good night, Miss Archer. Oh, now that they've gone, Dexter, I can tell you a secret. I've got a simply terrific job as sitter for that darling baby we saw, and I'm starting tonight at 8. Gee whiz, how did you sell your parents that idea? Shh. I didn't, Dopey. They don't know a thing about it. How are you going to sit with a baby across the street if you're not supposed to go out? Mom didn't say I wasn't to go out. She said I wasn't to go out to a movie. Yeah, but you told me they said no dice on any job. Sitting isn't exactly a job, Dexter. I mean, golly, a person has to sit practically half their lifetime. And if you get paid for it... Well, okay, it's your funeral. Dexter Franklin, you mean to sit there and tell me you're not going to help me? Gee whiz, how can a person help a person sit? <laughs> say is this, Dexter. If you don't come over there after I'm all established and keep me company and help me look after that baby, I'll never... I know. You'll never speak to me again as long as you live. Oh, no, Dexter. Much more than that. I'll never marry you and be the mother to your children, either. Okay. You'll win. <laughs> dear. It's in the refrigerator. Oh, yes, Mrs. Barnett. I'm sure you won't have to use it. Conrad always <laughs> sleeps right through the night. Uh, what time were you planning to come home? Well, if we're going to be awfully late, I'll phone you and let you know. Oh, yes, maybe you'd better do that. Coming, Ethel? Uh, be right with you, Ralph. Now, was there anything else you wanted to ask me, dear? Uh, no. That is, I, I don't think so. I'm sure you won't have a bit of trouble. He's such a good baby. Good night. Good night. Oh, you're so little. 
I wonder what you think about all day long. One thing, I bet you don't have any problems like grown-ups do. Oh, golly, you look sweet. But please don't wake up. Carlos! Oh, Carlos! Shh! Dexter, be quiet. Hi, Carlos. Shh, come in. Well, now that I'm here, what am I supposed to do? Dexter, keep your voice down. You'll wake the baby. Come on, tiptoe. All right. Oh, look, Dexter. Isn't he wonderful? Well, so what? It's a baby. Oh, how can you be so callous? <laughs> Yeah, I guess he is kind of cute at that. Dexter, now do you see what family life is like? Just imagine if if I had some knitting and and you had a pipe and your slippers on and 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 the fireplace was blazing. Holy cow, in the middle of summer? <laughs> You'll wake the baby. Oh, listen, Carlos, everybody'll tell you that once babies are asleep, they sleep. Anyway, they've got to get used to all kinds of noises. Oh, Dexter, now you've done it. Ah, oh, he's just talking in his sleep. Oh, Dexter, you woke him up. Now you've got to do something about it. Oh, no, you're the little mother. Now, let me see. Uh, what did she say? Uh, a formula, that's it. I'll get the formula. Uh, oh, wait a sec. Maybe he just needs changing. Well, then change him. Well, really, Dexter, the formula's the most important thing. I'd I, I better start warming that up. You change him. She left a pile of diapers right there. There's nothing to it. Change him. Yeah. Holy cow, me. <laughs> Fathers always change diapers, Dexter, and I may as well break you in right now. Oh, gosh. Well, here goes. Let me see. There must be a knack to them. Let me see here. What are you doing, Dexter? Don't bother me. Oh. This ought to do it. Hey. Hey, Corliss, you know what? He just smiled at me. Dexter, how hot does the formula have to get? Oh, pretty hot, I guess. Oh, let's see. Where was I? Oh, here. You fold it this way. And around here. No, that doesn't look right. Now, let's try it this way. There. That's not bad. The formula's just the right temperature now, I'm sure. Oh, he's going to get his dinner now. Come on, sweetheart. Oh, now there. That's a good boy. You see, Dexter? Oh, he, he was simply famished. Yeah, I guess so. Isn't this fun? Uh, sort of. Oh, Dexter, he's such a good baby. What's the matter? Nothing. Except if you're going to keep me company, you might at least stay awake. For what? Oh. You're so scared of waking the baby, you won't even let me talk. I might as well go on home. You've got to see this through with me, Dexter. Well, gosh, how much longer do you have to stay? Oh, until the Barnetts get home, of course. Well, they ought to be here pretty soon. It's almost 11. 11? Oh, Dexter, my family will be home any minute. I've got to go. And leave the baby alone? Well, no, of course not. That's what you're here for. <laughs> Me? Y you mean I've got to stay here alone with him? Oh, we 
It'll only be for a few minutes. I'll just slip in and say goodnight to him and pretend to go to bed, and then I can slip right out again. It's very simple. Well, yeah, but what if you can't get out? What if they don't go to bed when you get home? What if they decide to sit up and talk? What am I going to do then? Dexter Franklin, if you are going to get hysterical over the slightest little thing, I shall think twice before I marry a neurotic individual like you. You know, it's especially pleasant for Mother when she can plan a pleasing supper that calls for only a few minutes in the kitchen. And that's just what happens when supper's built around big plates of Campbell's chicken noodle soup. With this good soup as the main dish, your meal can be ready in a jiffy, and the family will love it. For Campbell's chicken noodle soup is filled all through with a tempting taste of chicken. Even your first whiff of fragrant steam says chicken. And when you dip in your spoon, mmm, good. You like the old-fashioned egg noodles, too, and the pieces of chicken. Say, they just about melt in your mouth. Why, Campbell's chicken noodle soup is so substantial, it doesn't take much else to make a satisfying family supper. So, how about it? Campbell's chicken noodle soup, tomorrow night. Well, leaving the baby in Dexter's capable hands, Corliss has made it home just in the nick of time. As we rejoin her, Mr. and Mrs. Archer are just coming in. Uh, Corliss, you still up? Oh, hello, Mom. Hello, Daddy. You look tired, baby. Why didn't you turn in early? Oh, I I was uh, studying various things. Did you have a nice time? Very nice, dear. What time is it? It's after 11, and I'm going to bed. So you call us right away. Come on. Okay, Mom. I guess I am kind of tired. It's been a long evening. Listen. What's that? What's what? I can hear a baby crying. Can't you call it? A baby? Oh, no, Mother. I can't hear a thing. I don't think. Well, I do. Must be those new neighbors across the street. I really must go over tomorrow and call on her. Well, good night, Carla. Good night, Mom. Good night, Daddy. Happy dreams. And, uh... Sleep soundly. Hey. Uh, who is it? It's only me, Dexter. Oh, well, you, you might at least warn me. What are you so frightened about? What if those people had come home while you were gone? Well, I'm here now, so stop worrying. What was the baby crying about anyway? Mm, probably had a nightmare. I turned him over and he went right back to sleep. Oh, thank you for staying, Dexter. Oh, it wasn't anything. You know, tonight has really proven to me how noble you can be in a difficult situation. Yeah? Uh-huh. I don't know what I would have done without you. Well, this is better than going to the movies, isn't it? This is real life. Yeah, I guess it's all right. But when are those people going to get home? Well, it doesn't matter now. As a matter of fact, the longer they stay out, the more money I make. It's all so easy. <laughs> Uh-oh. It's all so easy, huh? Oh, no. What's the matter with him? He probably wants a drink. Or vice versa. Dexter. <laughs> this is no time to be facetious. Well, I guess i better get the formula again. Oh, no. It's your turn to practice on the baby. This time, I'll get the formula. Harry, you awake? No. Can you hear the 
hear that baby crying? Hmm. Who couldn't? Well, that doesn't sound right to me, Harry. Oh, Janet, stop worrying and go to sleep. Babies are always crying. Well, not like that. That baby's in trouble. And that's none of our business. Now, what are you doing? Come back to bed, Janet. Harry, every light in that house is on. Something's wrong. Well, what can we do about it? Oh, the baby's sick, I know. Well, we can't help that. Oh, dear, I think you'd better go over there and see what's the matter. Now, what could I do? Well, now, Harry, they've just moved into the neighborhood, and you know how hard it is to get doctors these days. Maybe you could call Dr. Pemberton for them. Oh, you're making a mountain out of a molehill. We don't even know those people. If I go barging in over there, they might resent it, and I wouldn't blame them. Oh, all right, Janet, you go back to bed. I'll go. Down, will you please? Don't scold him. He can't help it. Hey, how's about giving him a hot bath? Oh, you're crazy. Well, he seems to be in pain. My old man always takes a hot bath when his legs hurt him. Conrad is not quite as old as your father. He screams as loud. Those people ever coming home? She said she'd thought if she was going to be late. Oh, Dexter, go look out the window and see if you can see any sign of them. Okay. Oh, please, Conrad, please. You were such a good baby. Holy cow, Corliss, your father's coming over. Daddy? Oh, Dexter, what am I going to do? I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm leaving. Dexter Franklin, don't you dare. You're in this just as deep as I am, and you've got to face the music with me. Oh, Please don't desert me now, Dexter. What do we do now? Let's duck in the next room. Maybe he'll go away. If he finds me here, I'm sunk. Anybody home? I mean, yeah, anyone else. I hear you. Well, can you beat that? Leaving a baby in a house alone. Well, hello there, you poor little guy. Come on, up you go. Let's see what we can do about this. Now, if I can remember how it goes. <laughs> A rock-a-bye baby on the treetop. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the bow breaks, the cradle will fall. And down will come baby cradle and all. <laughs> well, I guess I haven't forgotten after all. There's nothing the matter with you except your parents. Oh. Well, little fellow, you can't answer it. I guess I better. Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. I must have the wrong number. Who's this calling? What number is this? Let me see. <laughs> Walnut 51331. Who are you? <laughs> is that my baby? Oh, so this is your baby. Well, madam, all I have to say to you is... girl. What girl? There's nobody here. There was? Oh, my baby. It's about time you started worrying about your baby. Hello? Hello, please don't go. You think I'd leave a baby alone? Oh, please, I'll be right home. Hmm. Well, young man, I guess they won't go out and leave you alone again in a hurry. (coughs) Now what's the matter? Oh. Oh, so you need a change. I wonder if I can remember how to do that. Well, I know I can take it off, anyhow. Let me see. Oh, 
here's a clean one. Now you fold it this way. And wait a minute. No, well, that's not right. It's this way. No, no, no. Give me a little time, will you? I'll get it. Yes. Over. I simply couldn't stand it another minute. Don't you tell me they went off and left this baby here alone. Why do you think I'm changing diapers? Woman just phoned. She's on her way home. Why, I never heard of such a thing in all my life. Here, let me have that diaper. Harry, you've got to get up early. Run along home. I can manage this. And besides, I don't like the idea of leaving Corliss alone in the house this late at night. Well, she's not a baby. She can take care of herself. Well, here they are. Now, uh, I know how you feel, Janet, but hold your temper. My baby, where's my baby? Right here, sound asleep. Everything's all right now. What are you doing with my baby? Give him to me. Take it easy, Ethel. Uh, now you've wakened him again. Oh, oh, darling, poor little Conrad. What have they done to you? No wonder you're crying with all these strange people around. Look, madam, this wasn't our idea. Your baby was waking up the whole neighborhood. But I don't understand. Now, Ethel, calm down and let's see if we can straighten out this mess. My name's Barnett. What's yours? Archer. And we live across the street. Well, Mr. Archer, my wife here hired a girl to sit with the baby. Where is she? Oh, then you did have a sitter. Of course, and she seemed to be such a sweet girl. I can't understand why she would leave the baby like this. Of course, I'm new here, and I must admit I hardly know a thing about this girl. Well, Mrs. Barnett, perhaps next time you'll look into the girl's background a little more thoroughly. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Just wait till I get my hands on this disgraceful, irresponsible girl. Hi, everybody. Dexter. What are you doing over here? And he came out of the kitchen. Yeah, that's where we've been. Come on, Corliss. Corliss? Is she over here? Corliss. Yes, Daddy. Hello, Mrs. Barnett. That's the girl. How dare you leave my baby? Hey, take it easy, Ethel. These people seem to know her. Holy cow, they ought to know her. She's their daughter. All right, Corliss, let's hear your explanation. Oh, Daddy, I'll explain it all to you later, but I just want to tell Mrs. Barnett that the baby's been perfectly all right. I mean, honestly, someone's been here with him all the time. And we gave him his formula and changed his diapers and did everything. And the only reason things got so confused, Mrs. Barnett, is on account of I've got a special reason why I didn't want my parents to know what I was doing. Yeah, and... so when they came tearing over, we hid in the kitchen. Well, you see, Mrs. Barnett... Yeah, and I watched through the keyhole and saw Mr. Archer change the baby. And I can do it in half the time. <laughs> And may I ask who you are? Huh? Now, who, me? Yes. Oh, sure. Uh, my name's Dexter Franklin. I live next door to the Archers, and I always help Carla sit with babies on account of we're practically almost engaged in this very good practice. Practice? What do you mean? On account of when we get married, we'll be able to do our own sitting. <laughs> In just a minute, we'll rejoin the archers. Ladies, why not serve Campbell's chicken noodle soup for supper tomorrow night? Along with a salad and perhaps cold cuts and a tempting dessert, you'll find that this delicious soup puts real old-time good eating in your summer meal. For Campbell's make this soup the good old-fashioned way. They simmer fine, plump chickens long and slowly for a rich chicken stock. They add lots of golden egg noodles and make sure they're tender pieces of chicken. Mmm, good. So to make tomorrow night's cool supper more appealing and satisfying, start it off with brimming bowls of Campbell's Chicken Noodle Soup. Mm-hmm. 
now it's about half an hour later. The archers have gone back to their house, and we find Corliss very much in the doghouse up in her bedroom. Under her window, Dexter is saying goodnight. Hey, Corliss, you all right? Oh, golly, Dexter, you should have heard the bawling out I got. Yeah, I heard your old man yelling even up in my room. And the ghastly thing is, Dexter, that Daddy yanked me home before I could collect my wages. I was there from 8 till 12, so that's two bucks they owe me. Four bucks. No, Dexter. Four hours at 50 cents is two dollars. Yeah, but that's for only one sitter. We were two. (laughs) My dear boy, after this ghastly row, I'd never have the nerve. Quit worrying. I already got it. See? One, two, three, four bucks. (gasps) Mr. Barnett insisted we take it. He was swell about everything. I'll, uh, I'll wrap them around a stone and throw them up into your room. All four of them? Sure, it was your idea. You're the one who needs dough. Here it comes. Yes. Ah! Holy oh. cow! Oh. Mm, good. Mm, good. That's what Campbell's soup You have just heard Meet Corliss Archer, starring Janet Waldo as Corliss. This is Del Sharpett speaking for Campbell Suits, inviting you to listen in again next Sunday and bidding you good night from Hollywood. Mmm, good. Mmm, good. That's what Campbell Soups are. Mmm, good. Campbell Soups invites you to Meet Corliss Archer, starring Janet Waldo. And here's Corliss Archer. Gee, it's good to be back, Mr. Sharbet. And on behalf of Campbell Soups, may I say we're all glad to have you and your family and friends back with us as, uh, well, uh, sort of our ambassadors of goodwill. Oh, Mr. Sharbet, what a perfectly lovely thought. Me an ambassador. What do I have to do? Um, just be your own sweet and charming self, Corliss. Oh, Mr. Sharbet. But golly, there must be lots of new things people ought to know about Campbell Soups. I mean, now that we're all back again. Well, I say there is. Here's some really big news. All 21 kinds of Campbell soups are back on dealer shelves. So folks can serve just the soup they want when they want it. For instance, they might dress up a very simple meal by serving Campbell's cream of mushroom soup. Okay, Corliss? Absolutely, Mr. Sharbet. And Mr. Sharbet? Yes, Corliss? Do you really think I'm sweet and charming? As only a 16-year-old girl can be. It's a seemingly normal Friday afternoon at the Archer home. Quiet, peaceful, and serene. You see, Corliss is out somewhere. Mr. Archer is home from the office with a sick headache, and Mrs. Archer is standing by sympathetically. Oh. Oh. Harry, darling, isn't there anything I can get you? Yes. A new head. Well, are you sure there isn't anything I can do? Oh, yes, I think I'll be all right as long as I'm not exposed to any sudden noises. Oh, poor Harry. And speaking of sudden noises, where's Corliss? Off somewhere. I suppose she's safe behind a soda at Schroeder's. Good. Now you just relax and read your newspaper, dear. I'll see that nothing disturbs you. Grandma! 
like dogs on his lap when he's reading his newspaper. Now, down, Veronica. Come on, oh, down. You might as well let her finish Dick Tracy. <laughs> Veronica, get down. Now, you get out to the kitchen. Come on, come on. That's a good dog. Corliss, your father came home from the office with a terrible headache. Oh, oh, really, Mom? Well, thanks for the warning. Well, darling, I didn't mean it as a warning. Is that all the sympathy you can show for your poor father? Oh, golly, Mom, of course I sympathize. Ah, oh, Daddy, I'm so sorry. Is there anything in the world I can do? You could tone yourself down to a mere uproar for a few hours. I'll be quiet, Angel. I promise I won't make a single solitary unnecessary sound. Thank you, baby. And go a little easy on the sounds that are necessary, will you? I'll be as quiet as a clam. Hmm. Do you know what's been happening right under my very nose and I ignored it on account of I had several other things on my mind? Well, I can't imagine, Cora. Well, it seems that Benson's department store is again having the most utterly super contest. Oh. Oh, not now, dear. You're disturbing your father again. Oh, I'm sorry. Mom, I'll simply die unless I tell you because Benson's is actually having its annual photo contest to pick the sweetheart of the year, and I've just got to... Let's call us your father. How many times must I tell you? Oh, what's the use, Janet? You can't dam up an ocean with your bare hands. (laughs) Spill it, Corliss. Well, Daddy, you remember last year how Benson's had its contest where every boy submitted a picture of his girlfriend and they posted the pictures and everyone voted and the girl who got the most votes was crowned Benson's sweetheart of the year, Remember? I might have remembered before you started that sentence, but I was a young man then. Well, what I actually mean is Benson is having its Sweetheart of the Year contest again. And I'll simply curdle up and die unless I win this time. Well, who won last year, dear? Well, it was a neck-and-neck race between me and that Betty Cameron. But merely on account of the fact that Dexter submitted a very bad photo of me... That frizzed-out blonde immersed triumphant. Emerged, Corliss. Immersed means all wet. Daddy, that's an utterly perfect description of her. think it's Dexter. Janet, yes, remind dear. me to ask Bill Franklin why he raised his boy to be a banshee. Carless! Hey, Carless! Don't you think you'd better scream back at him, Corliss, before the plaster starts falling? All right, Daddy. Dexter, come on in! Oh, my poor aching head. Hi, Corliss. Good evening, Mrs. Archer. Good evening, Dexter. Um, hello, Mr. Archer. Hello. Dexter Franklin, where have you been? I've been waiting for you almost all afternoon. Holy cow, Corliss, you mean we had a date? Honestly, Dexter, sometimes merely putting up with you requires more than a girl can put up with. Well, gosh, Corliss, I really don't remember making any date. Where were we supposed to go, anyway? 
My dear boy, several weeks ago we planned to spend some time together on a very important endeavor. Holy cow, my memory sure must be getting bad. Well, Benson's is conducting the voting tomorrow in the Sweetheart of the Year contest, and you haven't even sent my picture in yet. Well, gosh, why didn't you remind me, Corliss? Well, really, Dexter, a person can't just rush up to a person and practically force a person to think his girlfriend is something special and worthy of being entered in a Sweetheart of the Year contest. I mean, really, Dexter. Well, gosh, it isn't too late to enter the picture, is it? I mean, the voting isn't until tomorrow, and this is only today. <laughs> Dexter, at times you show a rare gift for analysis. Oh, Harry, hush. Well, the trouble is, Corliss, I don't have a good picture of you. Every time you get really sore at me, you make me give them back to you. Well, it just so happens, Dexter, that I have one of my pictures right here. Oh, swell, Corliss. Uh, but we'd better start dashing. Benson's will be closed in a little over an hour. Here, you can have this one for the contest. Oh, thanks, Corliss. <laughs> Holy cow, Corliss. You don't want to go giving Benson's this picture. And just why not? Well, well, gosh, it's, uh... Well, holy cow, it just isn't right. Even I can see that. Really, Dexter, just because a girl's wearing a strapless white bathing suit is no reason for a nearly grown man to yell holy cow and get red in the face like an infant. Well, I know, but gosh, Corliss, you've got lots of other pictures, haven't you? Miss Dexter's absolutely right, Corliss. I don't believe it's proper for a girl your age to have her picture displayed in that kind of bathing suit. But, Mother, if I can wear that bathing suit, why can't I? Daddy. I'm afraid your mother's right, Corliss. Oh, golly. Now I won't be able to enter the contest and that Betty Cameron is going to win again and I'll practically never be able to show my face anymore. Well, Corliss, you must have other snapshots. But, Mother, I haven't won. Oh, please, Mom, can't you sort of... Close one eye and... No, Corliss, I'm sorry. Oh. oh, gosh, wait a minute. I've got a picture of you, Corliss. It's the one that Mildred took two weeks ago of you and me together. I've been carrying it with me ever since. Well, for goodness sakes, where is it? Right here, next to my heart. <laughs> no, it's in my back pocket. <laughs> uh, here you are. Dexter, it's all dirty and creased. I know. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, it's a shame because it's awfully good of me. I think. <laughs> I think it's terrific. <laughs> now, Dexter, if I could just cut you out of it and throw you away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, but no, I'd be all crowded over on the edge. Hey, um, maybe we could have a print made with just you in it. Oh, that'd be a swell idea if we had the time to do it. Yeah, Benson's will be closing. I know. Raymond. Raymond? Certainly. He's got all sorts of photography gadgets in the cellar of his house. Come on, Dexter. Let's dash right over there and see him. Now, let me get this straight. You want me to take this picture and reprint it so that Dexter's out and only Corliss is in. Yeah, that's right, Raymond. Can you do it? Well, it all depends. You see, I'm awfully busy right now on an important scientific matter. Raymond, if I were to merely hint to your parents about a little explosion I saw coming out of this cellar the other day, why, you... I didn't say I wouldn't. Then you will? I didn't say I would. 
Well, for Pete's sakes, Raymond, what do you say? I say it's all very dumb. Why not take it down to Schroeder's? Because we've got to have it in a half hour. Schroeder's would take a week, so would any place else. In other words, I'm the only person in the world who can solve your problem. Yes, Raymond. Do you agree, Dexter? Well, sure, you're the only one you... you, you... Holy cow, what are you driving at? <laughs> How much is your weekly allowance, Dexter? Why, it's, it's 50 cents a week. Wait a minute, Raymond. You, you, you mean you're going to charge 50 cents for this job? Don't be dumb. Of course I'm not going to charge 50 cents. <sighs> I'm going to charge a dollar. <laughs> a dollar? Holy cow, don't you think that's a little expensive? Even for you. Prices are up all over. Take it or leave it. Raymond Ames, there are times when you are positively the biggest little stinker in the world. Corliss, this is a very dumb time for you to insult me. Uh, look, Raymond, how about uh, 75 cents and my pocket knife? Let's see the knife. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Here. Hmm. Blade's rusty. Handle's cracked. Catch's busted. But you're not such a bad guy, Dexter. It's a deal. Corliss! I, I, I rushed back to tell you, Corliss. It was nip and tuck, but I made it all right. Oh, thank heaven. Did Raymond do a good job on the picture? I don't know. You don't know? I, I, I never got a chance to see it. You didn't see it? No, the little stinker left me just enough time to dash down to Benson's. Oh. And he said the picture was a little wet, so he put it in an envelope and told me not to touch it. Oh, I hope is that it came out all right. That nasty little child would be just mean enough to do a bad job on purpose. No, he'd better not have. I didn't pay him yet. I just gave him my pocket knife for a down payment. Oh, Dexter, you're a darling. <laughs> I do so want to win that contest. Hi, everybody. Well, if it isn't our old friend, Raymond Ames. And just what did you come to see me about, Raymond? I've got some news for you. Look, Raymond, if it's for nothing, we'll listen. But if you think you're going to charge Don't for this... Don't be dumb. I just came over to give you back your pocket knife and tell you that you don't have to pay me 75 cents anymore. Raymond Ames, don't tell me you have gone soft-hearted. It's just a matter of business. I give my clients what they pay for or give them back their money. Just what is that supposed to mean? Well, you ordered a picture of Corliss. Yes, with a half of the picture showing Dexter thrown away. Right. But uh, due to circumstances beyond my control, I made a print of Dexter and threw you away. <laughs> you holy Mistakes happen, you know. Even experts like me make them. But, but, but whose picture was in the envelope Dexter brought down to Benson? I've been trying to tell you. It was Dexter's. What? Raymond Ames, you are the stupidest, nastiest, most vicious little boy I ever met. Don't get excited. Dexter might become famous. Yeah, famous? Sure. Oh, now I'm not in the contest after all, and that frizzed-out blonde Betty Cameron is going to win again. Don't be too sure. Nothing in the rules against a man winning. If we can swing enough votes Dexter's way, he might get elected sweetheart of the year. Who, oh, me? Me entered in a sweetheart of the year contest? Cheer up. Worse things can happen. Well, bye, Cordis. Uh, 
And Dexter. Yes? Good night, sweetheart. <laughs> Mushrooms. Now, there's a word that calls up visions of grand, good eating. Good cooks use mushrooms as the crowning touch of flavor for many of their choicest dishes. And say, if thinking of mushrooms makes your mouth water, you owe it to yourself to get next to a plate of Campbell's Cream of Mushroom Soup. For here are lots of plump, tender mushrooms blended with sweet cream. Every rich spoonful is just filled with a delicate flavor of choice young mushrooms. And you'll find lots of tender mushroom slices to make this grand soup Extra tempting. Mmm, good. Well, no wonder more and more people are asking for it. No wonder it's become America's luxury soup. It'd be a fine idea to start supper tomorrow with plates of Campbell's cream of mushroom soup. Well, it's the next day, and the archers are at the breakfast table. Eat your cereal, Corliss. I I don't really think I care for any cereal, Mother. I'm actually not very hungry. Well, it's too bad, baby. What's bothering you? Daddy, today is Benson's Sweetheart of the Year contest. And after all, when practically one's own flesh and blood can't cooperate to the extent of helping a person to become the Sweetheart of the Year, what is there to look forward to? Surely you haven't quarreled with poor Dexter again. Poor Dexter? Poor Dexter? Honestly, Mother, the way you and Daddy sympathize with that boy, you think he was your only daughter instead of me. (coughs) Well, I'd I'd hardly say that. But I suppose, as usual, Dexter has committed some dastardly crime that's too horrible even to think about. Oh, Daddy, Dexter was actually only an innocent bypasser. He was that little stinker Raymond. Well, what on earth did Raymond do to make you so mad at him, Corliss? All he did was give Dexter the wrong picture so that when Dexter entered me in Benson's Sweetheart of the Year contest, I wasn't entered at all and Dexter was. (laughs) I wonder how Dexter looks in a strapless white bathing suit. Oh, Corliss, perhaps it's just as well you're not in the contest. After all, dear, you couldn't be sure you were going to win. But now Betty Cameron's going to win again. I'll die. That's what I'll do. I'll just die. Well, dear, there's always next year. Next year? Seriously, Mother, a girl can't go on indefinitely retaining her looks. Well, don't worry about that, Corliss. If it's any consolation, my next Christmas present to you will be a complete facelifting. Harry. Honest, Daddy? Will it work? Well, certainly it'll work. Why, I know a woman of 50 who had her face lifted, and as a result, the most amazing thing happened. Oh, what? She now has a daughter older than she is. Oh, Oh, Harry. Sometimes you're so silly. Well, I'm off to the office. Can I drop you anywhere, Corliss? Well, if you're going past Schroeder's drugstore, Daddy, I'd appreciate a lift. Uh, Mr. Schroeder posts the return so we don't have to hang around outside Benson. Well, come on, baby. Here's 50 cents. I'll drive you down to Schroeder's where you can drown your sorrows in the biggest... Thickest, gooeyest, double-rich chocolate malted milk you've ever had. Well, here you are, baby. Hooters, drugstore, and gabble, shoppy. Thanks for the lift, Daddy. I'll see you at dinner. All right, Carla. 
And baby, although I think you're too young to have anything but friends, I can't help wishing confusion to your enemies. Oh, thanks, Angel. You're the most understanding daddy in the whole wide world. Bye, dear. Bye. Hey, Corner. Before you go in, I've got a proposition that might interest you. I have had enough of your fake propositions to last me a lifetime, Ray. Look, let's not waste words hating me. Here's my proposition. You'd give your right eye if Betty Cameron would lose this contest, wouldn't you? Right? Really, Raymond, I don't see why the affairs of your elders should be the least concern of yours. I can fix it so Betty loses. How? It's a trade secret. But all I want from you is a promise. What sort of a promise? You remember you mentioned something about a certain explosion in a certain cellar? Oh, that. What about it? Well, in return for swinging the contest away from Betty, you must promise never as long as you live to allude to, to refer to, and above all, not to tell my parents about said explosion. <laughs> Which was caused by a little carelessness with the chemistry set. And uh, you'll keep Betty Cameron from winning if I merely promise that? I will. I promise. It's a deal? It's a deal. Oh, and I think you ought to know that I'd never have told your parents about the explosion anyhow. Well, in my business, you can't afford to take chances. Corliss! Oh, Corliss, over here! Hello, Melbourne. Golly, the place is sure jumping today. Yes, isn't it exciting? Corliss, what since I hear about you not being entered in the Sweetheart of the Year contest? Well, I'm not. And there's a certain little stinker running around loose that I can thank for. That can only be my darling little brother, Raymond. Corliss, did he pull one of his tricks on you? Well, it could possibly have been an honest, simple-minded mistake, but with Raymond, who knows? Honestly, that child. Yesterday, I overheard Dad tell Mom that he wouldn't be at all surprised if Raymond wound up as the youngest inmate in the history of Alcatraz. <laughs> really, Mildred, you and your mother and father are such nice people. It's hard to imagine Raymond is even a distant relative. Dad says practically the same thing. I've heard him say a hundred times that the stork that brought Raymond must have come to the wrong house by mistake. Oh, by the way, Corliss, are you still on speaking terms with that drip, Dexter? Well, of course. Why? Because he's standing in the doorway with that frightened look he gets when you don't talk to him for a minute. Oh, oh the poor darling. Dexter? Oh, Dexter, over here. Oh, uh, uh, hello, Corliss. Hi, Dad. <laughs> Fancy meeting you here. Um, hi, Mildred. Dexter Franklin, what on earth's the matter with you? You're as nervous as a cat who's misplaced a kitten. Yeah, yeah, am I? Probably a guilty conscience. Oh, no, it isn't that, Mildred. Uh, Corliss knows what it is. It's that little stinker, Raymond. <laughs> What's the little crime wave done to you? I'd rather not say. The fewer people who know about it, the better. Mildred, Dexter has the honor of being the only man entered in the Sweetheart of the Year contest. Holy cow, Corliss, do you have to tell everything you know? You mean Dexter might become the Sweetheart of the Year? Oh, no! <laughs> Holy cow, Corliss, see what you've done. Oh, she was bound to find out sooner or later anyway. Oh, gosh, if I get so much as one vote, one vote, Oh, I'll... look, there's Raymond. You just ignore him. Sometimes he goes away. Oh, I, I want to speak to him. Raymond? Hey, Raymond. Hi, Corliss. 
Well, a friendly little gathering. Yes, and please don't join us and make it unfriendly. Raymond, have you got any news? About our private little matter, nothing definite. But the wheels are turning, Corliss. I've just brought the returns over to Mr. Schroeder, and he'll read them in a minute. Oh. Boys and girls, I suppose you'd like to hear about the early balloting of Benson's Sweetheart of the Year contest. Joanne Summers, 22. Ernestine Fuller, 27. And Seven, 19. Oh, that's swell. Duchess Cameron is being totally ignored. Betty Cameron, 76. Raymond, you have the chance. Franklin, none. Raymond, I'm going to take a poke at you for this if I have to wait for you to grow up. Raymond, did we make a solemn deal or did we not? And if we did, how come Betty Cameron's in the run? Just remember, Corliss, the wheels are turning. Boys and girls, the semifinal returns. Joanne Summers, 88. Ernestine Fuller, 102. And Stebbins, 117. Washington High finally crashed through. Jacqueline Pruitt, 67. Betty Cameron, 194. Well, I don't see what there is to cheer about. It just shows what you can do with a bottle of peroxide. I'll never give up wondering what people see in her. Say, Mr. Schroeder... You didn't read off all the returns, did you? All that came in, Martin. Just waiting on the finals any minute now. But what about Dexter Franklin? I voted for Dexter three times myself. <laughs> if that lummox Martin Wilcox knows what's good for him, he'll keep his big mouth shut. I uh, guess Dexter just isn't in the running, Martin. Oh, I don't see why not. He's a sweetheart if I ever saw one. <laughs> you can carry that kind of talk too far, Wilcox. Oh, for Pete's sake, you don't have to get sore about it, Franklin. Maybe you can be sweetheart of the year next year. <laughs> Wilcox, you just say sweetheart one more time and I'm coming over. Dexter, I absolutely forbid you to use violence in front of ladies in this store. If you and Martin want to fight, do it after the contest outside. Who well, we can all watch. <laughs> Mildred, where could that Raymond have gone to? Probably under some rock. Oh, Corliss, look. Huh? It's Madame Pompadour Duberry Cameron herself. Oh. And she's coming over to show off a little bit, I'll bet. Well, Mildred. Hello, Betty. And Corliss. Mm -hmm. My dear, it's been ages. I've missed you terribly. Really? Well, Betty, it looks like you've outsmarted the voters again. <sighs> How do you do it? With mirrors? No, dear, with photographs. Uh, by the way, dear, where was your photograph? I looked all over the board and couldn't find it. Well, I didn't enter the contest, Betty. I figured the only way anybody ever wins is by simply begging one's friend to vote for one. Oh, was that the reason? I had the silly notion that after last year's contest, you decided it was all utterly hopeless. Well, au revoir, Corliss, dear, and I hope you don't get too, too ill from eating all those sour grapes. Mm. Goodbye, Mildred. Mm. Oh, it's positively sinful, the amount I hate her. Oh, she's just a grade-A number one. <laughs> and here comes another. Hello, Corliss. Back again. You want to see me? Raymond Ames, I demand to know what happened to our agreement. Or did your turning wheels go boom like a certain chemical set in a certain cellar, if you know what I mean? My plan worked beautifully. If your brilliant high school crowd wasn't so dumb... You'd have known that we grammar school students can vote in the contest, too. Meaning what? Meaning this. 
the right word in the right places to the right kids. Made them vote the way I wanted. You mean Betty didn't win after all? The boys vote anyway, I tell them. But who won? Who? I see Mr. Shoulder is about to announce the final official return. I suggest you listen. All right, quiet. Everybody quiet. The official final returns in the Benson Sweetheart of the Year contest are as follows. Joanne Summers, 112. Ann Stebbins, 117. Ernestine Fuller, 137. Betty Cameron, 225. Quiet, quiet. I have one final name to call. Another name? Holy cow, what suspense. The last name with 236 votes. The winner and official Benson Sweetheart of the Year is Dexter Franklin. Dexter, you! Me, the sweetheart! Holy cow! When you need something to turn an ordinary meal into an event, remember Campbell's Cream of Mushroom Soup. For here's a soup that gives any meal a luxury touch, a party touch. Ah, just taste that rich, delightful flavor. Plump, young hothouse mushrooms blended with sweet cream. And all those tender slices of mushrooms. Mmm, good. To make a soup so fine is an art. To eat it and experience in good living. Have you served Campbell's Cream of Mushroom Soup at your house lately? Several hectic and for Dexter unhappy hours later, we find the sweetheart of the year taking advice where he finds it. Honest, Mr. Archer, if my old man should find out his only son has become sweetheart of the year, he'd wail a tar out of me. Well, don't worry about your dad, Dexter. I'll explain things to him. Oh, oh, holy cow, who is it? Life magazine. They want to take pictures of you actually being crowned sweetheart of the year. Tell them no, no, that I absolutely forbid it. Forbid it? Dexter, one would almost think you were ashamed. After all, Dexter, there's me to consider, too. You? Certainly. When I gave the man the story, he practically promised I could be in almost every picture. Good. Good. That's what Campbell soups are. Good. You just heard Meet Corliss Archer, starring Janet Waldo as Corliss with Sam Edwards as Dexter. Meet Corliss Archer is based upon characters created by F. Hugh Herbert. Music was composed and conducted by Charles Dance. you to meet Corliss Archer, America's teenage sweetheart, featuring Sam Edwards, Fred Shields, and Mary Jane Croft, and starring Janet Waldo. (laughs) Harry, weren't you able to get any sleep? Afraid not. Poor Daddy. Why didn't you try counting sheep? Conscience wouldn't let me. Your conscience, Daddy? Corliss, just because I couldn't sleep was no reason to keep all those sheep awake. Harry, you're just wearing yourself out. 
Well, I've never had a case like this before where the entire question of legal ownership of a valuable piece of property hinges on one, just one, obscure point of law. Yes, and after two weeks of worrying, tomorrow you go to court no closer to finding that obscure point of law than when you started. Oh, I wouldn't be too sure of that if I were you. Harry, you found what you were looking for? Yep. You said it was impossible. It is. That's why it took me so long. <laughs> well, how'd you do it? By spending two weeks on the telephone. I guess I must have called every law library within a thousand miles of here. Yesterday afternoon, I finally struck pay dirt. A reference work that tells everything there is to know about those old Dutch land grants. Oh, I'm so glad. It's on its way, Air Express. And unless fate has something personal against Harry Archer, it will arrive here this afternoon. Well, now when you go to court tomorrow, you'll be able to prove that the stipulations of the plaintiff's petition are based on hearsay and should not be admissible as evidence. That's right. Why, Mom! What is it, dear? I, I never dreamed you knew so much about Daddy's law work. You mean I surprised you? Surprise me? Can you think of a bigger surprise for a girl than to suddenly find out that her mother is a lady lawyer? Yes, to suddenly find out that her father is. <laughs> I'm serious. Mom, tell me, how is it that you know so much about Daddy's work? Well, when I first knew that I was going to be the wife of a handsome young attorney, I made it a point to read a few books and learn a little about the law. When you first knew? You mean when Daddy asked you to marry him? Call as your mother said when she first knew. That's at least six months before I first knew. <laughs> well, I just think what Mum did was wonderful. Oh, come on, honey, it isn't so wonderful. I think almost every woman tries to learn a little about her future husband's work, if for no other reason than to have an intelligent look on her face when he's talking to her. Oh, golly. What is it, dear? Oh, I just thought of something. Something horrible. What's that? Dexter! Hmm. That is pretty horrible. <laughs> Why, Dexter doesn't even know yet what he's going to be when he grows up. Then it's high time someone broke the bad news to him. <laughs> and if he doesn't know, how can... Oh, golly, I don't know where to begin. I haven't the slightest idea what books to read so that I can understand what Dexter's going to be. I'd suggest something on abnormal psychology. Harry. <laughs> Corliss, dear, Dexter has plenty of time to decide what he's going to be. Why, he's still practically a child. A child? Dexter? Mom, the last time Dexter got a haircut, the barber had to look at his face a second time to see if he needed a shave. Corliss, there's only one reason anyone would look at Dexter's face a second time. Because he wasn't able to believe what he saw the first time. <laughs> Well, I think it's certainly time Dexter decided what he's going to be when he goes out into the world so that we can both get ready for it. Yes, and don't forget, Corliss, the world's got to have a little time to get ready for Dexter, too. <laughs> Did you say you had something special you wanted to talk to me about, Corliss? I certainly have. Dexter... Has it ever occurred to you that someday you'll become a man? Well, yeah, I kind of figured something like that might happen. <laughs> well, Dexter, what I'm driving at is, have you ever given a thought to what you're going to do when you become a man? As to what your life's work is going to be? As a matter of fact, Corliss, my parents and I were talking about it just the other day. You were? Yeah. 
And according to my old man, my life's work is all cut out for me. Oh, Dexter, what? Trying to graduate from high school. <laughs> Dexter, please be serious. We've got to decide what to do with your life so that I'll know what to prepare myself for. Haven't you even the slightest inkling of what you want to be? Yeah. Retired. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Hello, Janet. Did the book come? Came this very minute, dear. I was just about to call you. Oh, thank heaven. Listen, Mary's coming by in a minute to take me to a club meeting, so why don't I leave a note for Corliss to have Dexter bring it down to you when they get home from school? No. No? Something would happen to it. Oh, Harry, really, Dexter isn't that silly. It's just that occasionally he has something on his mind. Well, whatever it is, it's leading a lonely life. I'll tell you, Janet, just leave the book in the study, huh? On my desk. All right, dear. Uh, on second thought, that desk is a little too easy to get to. Oh, Harry, really? How cautious can you get? Janet, there are two powerful destructive forces in this world. One makes a blinding flash, a tremendous sound, and a huge mushroom cloud... The other one goes around saying, Holy cow! Well, what do you want me to do with this book? I guess there's only one safe place for it. Where's that? The bookshelf in the study with my other law books. Take it out of the package and just put it in with the rest. I'll do it right away, dear. Thanks. See you later, dear. Bye, dear. Gee whiz, Corliss, that sure is a dirty trick Mr. Masters is pulling on us. Well, just because he suddenly decided to give us a little history test tomorrow? He may call it a little history test. I call it a sneak attack. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it, Dex. You'll pass. Well, gee, I don't know. The test is going to be mostly on the origins of the 13 American colonies. Well, what of it? Corliss, the last time I opened my history book, Nero had just begun to fiddle. <laughs> oh, well, it, it isn't too hopeless for you, Dex. You're only 3,000 years behind the rest of the class. Yeah, that's true. Meanwhile, try not to think of it. At least not until you get home. Okay. Let's think of the future, of how successful and wealthy you're going to be someday. Gee, do you really think I'll ever be rich, Corliss? Oh, I just know you will, Dex. You're going to make so much money, I won't know what to do with it. Well, according to my old man, there are only two ways left for a fellow to get rich these days. The first one is to strike oil. And the only way I'll ever do that is to run into a mobile gas station with my hot rod. <laughs> the other is to marry the boss's daughter. And I can't do that. I'm going to marry you. Oh, I'm sure there must be other ways to... <gasps> the boss's daughter... Dexter, that's it. What? A lawyer. You're going to be a lawyer. Well, gee whiz, you got to be pretty smart to be a lawyer. Oh, don't worry about that. Daddy will do all the brain work. Not only his own, but yours, too, for the good of the partnership. Holy cow, what partnership? Well, you and Daddy. Partners. Dex, can't you just see it? Not from where I'm standing. <laughs> well, it's just as plain as anything. The two of you, Harry Archer and son-in-law, attorneys at law. Holy cow! 
Franklin, friend and neighbor. Hi, Harry. You going home, too? No, I'm just on my way to court. Don't tell me you're heading home this early. Well, it isn't even 3.30. No, just going home to do a little work. Mary's been after me to clean out the attic. Wants me to get all the old books together and send them over to the servicemen's club. What sort of books, Bill? Oh, some old books of Dexter's that have we've had knocking around the attic for years. Sizzlers like Jack the Giant Killer, The Gingerbread Boy, and, uh... Little Red Riding Hood. Bill, I don't think any soldier or sailor will care about reading those. Not unless Little Red Riding Hood's 18 and wearing a bikini. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when Daddy comes in, Dex, don't say a word. Let me tell him. Oh, gosh, Cross, a guy's got to have a lot on the ball before he can become a lawyer. Oh, Dex, it's really very easy. Easy? Honestly. Anytime you have a problem, all you do is look it up in a book. That's all there is to it? Well, no, a lawyer has to remember to send all his clients' bills, too. Daddy will do that, though. All you have to do is sit back and look legal. What kind of books do you look these things up in? Well, law books, naturally. Like the ones in the bookshelf in Daddy's study. Dex, I have a wonderful idea. Holy cow, now what? Why don't you read some of Daddy's law books? Well, all right, Corliss. But pick out a couple with pictures. CBS Radio rings you in on the fabulous adventures of insurance investigator Johnny Dollar. Just by decoding the cryptic items on his expense account, you'll learn how a dime spent in a telephone booth can lead to a scene of the wildest suspense. Each new expenditure moves the story forward to its dramatic payoff when Johnny Dollar solves yet another case of arson, fraud, or murder. Now back to Corliss Archer. Oh, hello, Corliss. Oh, Daddy. Oh, I'm glad you came home early. I have something I want to talk to you about. Something that's simply wonderful. Can't it wait a while, baby. I have a lot of work to do. Oh, poor Daddy. You work awfully hard, don't you? Hmm. Uh, let's see now. First, I better get my reference work down from the bookshelf. Well, pretty soon your work is going to be cut exactly in half. Think of it. Hmm. Fine. Huh. That's funny. Where in the world Daddy, is that Daddy, when I book? tell you what Dexter and I decided, you are going to be so thrilled. Of course, Dexter won't be the smartest lawyer in the world, but he'll be 100% honest. And he'll make you a wonderful partner. Yes, I'm sure. Huh? Look here, what in heaven's name are you babbling about? Well, you and Dexter, of course. I'm trying to tell you how wonderful it'll be when you and Dexter are partners. Partners? You mean me and that... that... me and that... But, Daddy, if you'll only give Dexter a chance to prove what he really is... What Dexter really is is something that can never be proven. (laughs) But I know he could be a help to you, and he'd work so hard. 
he'd just work his brain to the bone for you. He wouldn't have far to go. <laughs> but, Daddy... Corliss, I have a lot on my mind as it is, and I'm not going to cloud it up further with thoughts of an incompetent dope. Oh, Daddy, you just don't know Dexter like I do. You've never sat with him on the porch swing on a moonlit night. Sighing sighs. Or sat through a romantic movie with him and kissed him in the balcony. No, but I've often toyed with the idea of kicking him in the mezzanine. <laughs> now look, Corliss, I have other things to think about. I have to prepare a brief by tomorrow morning, and unless your mother comes home soon and tells me what she did with that book, I'm going to be in trouble. Book, Daddy? What book? The book I've been looking for all this time, the reference I need for my brief. A book? Oh, golly. Yes, Corliss? Uh, I, I loaned Dexter some of your law books a little while ago. I, I took them from the shelf. You what? Well, Daddy, I, I just wanted him to learn a little about what it was like to be a lawyer so that when you and he... Look become... here, young lady. You go right next door this minute and bring back those books. I'll go right away, Daddy. And if for some reason you can't bring back those books, bring back that teenage Clarence Darrell and hurry. Dexter? I'm in here, Corliss. Oh. oh, hello, Dex. I'm sorry to interrupt you like this when you're studying. Uh, see, that's all right, Corliss. You know I don't mind you interrupting me when I'm studying. Come to think of it, I don't mind if anybody interrupts me when I'm studying. <laughs> Dex, you know those law books I loaned you. Uh -huh. I've got to take them back. One of them's important. Daddy's got to do something with it for his brief. His brief? Well, well you know what a brief is. Every lawyer always has something or other to do with a brief. Daddy says sometimes they're a lot of trouble. Holy cow, why doesn't he wear something else? <laughs> well, now, Dick, don't you get up from your history book. Just tell me where those law books of Daddy's are, and, and I'll get them. Okay. Let's see, where did I put those things? Oh, I remember. I left them out in the hall there with those other books that Pop brought down from the attic. But, Dex, I, I didn't notice any books in your hallway when I came in. Well, of course not. The guy came and called for them about ten minutes ago. Holy cow! Dexter, what is it? Pop told me to tell the man to take all the books he found in the hallway. He must have taken the law books, too. Oh, golly. Well, Daddy said one of those books is absolutely vital. His whole case depends on it. Holy cow! We've just got to find that book. We must. Well, gee whiz, how? We'll, we'll go right downtown and find out where the books for the armed services are taken. Well, there goes my law career. <laughs> I'm worried, Harry. They've been gone for hours. Oh, first I lose a law book, tomorrow I'm going to lose a trial, and right now it looks like I've lost a daughter. Well, where do you think they could have gone? I don't know, Janet. I keep asking myself, if I were an incompetent dope like Dexter and I were supposed to be home, where would I be? 
Listen, wait. I think I hear Dexter's car outside. Yes, here they come. Oh, thank heaven. Now, Harry, please. I mean, don't... Well, it may not be entirely Dexter's fault. Don't so worry, I... Janet. I'm so relieved that they're safe, I'll probably wind up kissing them both. According to Corliss, that's about the only way anyone can really get to understand the real Dexter. Uh, hello, Daddy. Mom. Uh, hello, Mr. Archer. I, uh... I guess you thought we'd never get here. <laughs> uh, Daddy, you see, it was like this. I gave the books to Dexter, and Dexter put them down in the hall with the books with soldiers, and then he had to study for a history exam because he's 3,000 years behind, and so when the man came, he took him, and we've been looking ever since, and golly, you have no idea how many warehouses there are in this town. Now that uh, Corliss has explained everything so well, I guess I'll be running along. Good night, Mrs. Archer. Now, see here, both of you. Have either of you any idea how worried we were? Have you? Well, yes. I know the book is absolutely vital. Corliss, we were not worried about your father's law book, although that's important enough. We were worried about you. Oh, Mom. And Dexter's parents are practically frantic. Well, do you know that they have been... Well, I thought I saw the car. So they finally got here, huh? Hello, Pop. Don't you hello, Pop me. Dexter, what's the meaning of this? Oh, gee whiz, Pop. We, we kind of lost track of time. We knew we had to find Mr. Archer's book, and so we looked all over for it. Harry, is this it? Yes. Where in the world did you find it, Bill? On Dexter's desk, just now. What? Our student here was using it to keep his history book propped open. Dexter! Oh, for the love of... You mean it was there all this time? <laughs> Gee whiz, it's sure funny how things happen. Some of the things that happen when I get you home aren't going to be so funny. <laughs> but, Pop... And I... you wanted to be a lawyer. But, Daddy, it was just a little mistake. Everyone makes a little mistake now and then. Oh, don't they, Mr. Franklin? Uh, his mother and I sure did. <laughs> Daddy, please, I I'm sure Dexter will be a wonderful lawyer if you'll just be patient with him for the next 12 or 13 years. If Dexter had taken just five minutes to look around before rushing off in all directions, he'd have found this book and all this worry might have been avoided. You're absolutely right, Mr. Archer. Well, thank you. I'm glad my learned colleague agrees. What if I conducted my business like that? Suppose, for example, tomorrow morning I walked into the wrong courtroom. And take this book, for instance. Where would I be if I hadn't spent two weeks tracking it down? Harry. Just a minute, Bill. What I'm trying to tell you, too, is that nobody but a fool fails to make sure first before he acts. Harry. What is it, Bill? I wish you'd open that book and take a good look at it. Huh? It's a book on Dutch land grants. What? You. Somehow I didn't think you'd expect to find it written in Dutch. Oh. I tried to tell you. I hope it isn't going to upset your case too much. Oh, no. All I have to do is learn how to read Dutch by tomorrow morning. Then I can find out how long the old deeds and titles of the new Amsterdam colony are good for. Gee whiz, is that all you want to know? That's all. <clears throat> The Dutch settlers of New Amsterdam were granted their land by the king in Holland in perpetuity for as long as they swore allegiance to the crown of Orange, providing that their um, heirs and assigns used the land for production of produce, grain, or cattle, 
the selection of which crop to be decided solely by the uh, patroon. Huh? <laughs> Look here, this is no time for any of your jokes. Gee whiz, Mr. Archer, it's no joke to me. It's the only thing I had time to memorize for my history exam tomorrow. You mean it's in your history book? Yes, sir, it sure is. Along with a lot of other things that I don't know. 3,000 years worth. Well, I'll be. The thing I've been looking for has been in a high school history book all this time. (laughs) (laughs) Dexter, it looks like I can be just as much of an incompetent dope as you are. Gee, Mr. Archer, that's just about the nicest thing you ever said to me. (laughs) The quiz is as exciting as a quiz can be, but what is even more exciting on Strike It Rich is the human interest. For Strike It Rich is the quiz show that gives folks an opportunity to win cash prizes for worthy causes. Get in on the thrills. Get in on the human interest every Monday through Friday when CBS Radio says Strike It Rich on most of these same stations. Now back to Corliss and Dexter. Dex, you simply can't change your mind about being a lawyer. Not after you've made such a brilliant showing in your very first case. Gee, I don't know, Corliss. I had a long talk with my old man about it. He just doesn't think I'm cut out to be a lawyer. What does he think you should be? He didn't say exactly. He just said that everybody ought to try and make a career out of the thing he enjoys doing the most. Well, Dex, of course. Why didn't we think of that? Oh, Dex, what do you enjoy doing the most? You know. <laughs> you mean kissing and and holding my hand? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to make a career out of it, but if there's a way to make it possible, boy, will I find it. <laughs> Archer, starring Janet Waldo, is based on characters created by F. Hugh Herbert. It's a James L. Safir production directed by Stephen Hayden. Our script is by Michael Cramoy. Dexter is played by Sam Edwards. And Mr. and Mrs. Archer by Fred Shields and Mary Jane Croft. Mr. Franklin was played by Ken Christie. Music was composed by Felix Mills. Now, this is Roy Rowan inviting you to tune in again next week at the same time to meet Corliss Archer. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.